Our service of morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing on page seven. O Lord, open now our lips. And our mouths shall shall forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Instead of Venite, we'll save Psalm 95, found on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Our psalm for this morning is Psalm 55, which begins on page 406. Hear my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my petition. Take heed unto me, and hear me, how I mourn in my prayer, and am vexed. The enemy crieth so, and the ungodly cometh on so fast, for they are minded to do me some mischief, so maliciously are they set against me. My heart is disquieted within me, and the fear of death is fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horrible dread hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly, would I flee away and be at rest. Lo, well, then would I get me away far off, and remain in the wilderness. I would make haste to escape because of the stormy wind and tempest. Destroy their tongues, O Lord, and divide them, for I have spied unrighteousness and strife in the city. Day and night they go about within the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is therein. Deceit and guile go not out of her streets. For it is not an open enemy that hath done me this dishonor for then I could have borne it. Neither was it mine adversary that did magnify himself against me, for then peradventure I would have hid myself from him. But it was even thou my companion, my guide, and mine own familiar friend. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God as friends. Let death come hastily upon them, and let them go down alive into the pit. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I will call upon God, 
and the Lord shall save me. In the evening and morning, and at noonday, will I pray, and that instantly, and he shall hear my voice. It is he that hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many that strove with me. Yea, even God that endureth forever shall hear me, and bring them down, for they will not turn, nor fear God. He laid his hands upon such as be at peace with him, and he brake his covenant. The words of his mouth were softer than butter. Having war in his heart, his words were smoother than oil, and yet be they very words, swords. O cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall nourish thee, and shall not suffer the righteous to fall forever. And as for them, thou, O God, shalt bring them into the pit of destruction. The bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. Nevertheless, my trust shall be in thee, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 24th chapter of the second book of Kings. In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him, and the Lord sent against him raiding bands of the Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, and bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets. Surely at the commandment of the Lord this came upon Judah, to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done, and also because of the innocent blood that he had shed. For he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. Then Jehoiakim, his son, reigned in his place. And the king of Egypt did not come out of his land any more. For the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the book of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of Elnathan of Jerusalem. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father had done. At that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and besieged, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city as his servants were besieging it. Then Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, his mother, his servants, his princes, and his officers went out to the king of Babylon. And the king of Babylon, in the eighth year of his reign, took him prisoner. And he carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house. And he cut in pieces all the articles of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. Also he carried into captivity all Jerusalem, all the captains and all the mighty men of valor, ten thousand captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths. None remained except the poorest people of the land. And he carried Jehoiakim captive to Babylon. The king's mother, the king's wives, his officers, and the mighty of the land he carried into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. All the valiant men, 7,000, and craftsmen and smiths, 1,000, all who were strong and fit for war. These the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. 
Then the king of Babylon made Madaniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah, and he finally cast them out of his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 18th verse of the third chapter of Paul's epistle to the Colossians. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as, with, as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us, that God would open us a to us a door for the word, to speak to the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Tychius, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They will make known to you all things which are happening there, here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, there are my own, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you, and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis, Luke the beloved physician and Demas greet you, 
Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphos and the church that is in his house. Now, when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea and say to Agrippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. Here ends the second lesson. The Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies from the hand of all that hate us. Perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant. To perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, our refuge and strength, who art the author of all godliness, be ready, we beseech thee, to hear the devout prayers of thy church, and to grant that those things which we ask faithfully we may obtain effectually through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, 
that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. This morning we are at or approaching two endings. We heard the penultimate chapter of Kings, which this year we will finish on Monday, and the final words of Paul's letter to the Colossians. In the Old Testament, after a brief detour to Jeremiah, we are back in 2 Kings. We've met the last three kings of Judah, as well as Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians who will destroy Jerusalem. On Monday, we'll finish the story of the kings of the southern kingdom and thus the second book of Kings. We're about 150 years from the closing of the Old Testament. What is left is the exile and restoration, as well as the remaining books of the major and minor prophets. Since we're not quite to the destruction of Solomon's great temple in the Babylonian captivity, I'll leave that to Monday. Instead, I want to focus on Paul's letter to the Colossians, which we started on Monday and today we finish. As we just heard when Paul said, I am also in chains, this is one of his four prison epistles, as is his letter to the Philippians, which we'll hear all next week. The first nine verses of today's passage have been termed rules or instructions for Christian households. The first verse is one that might provoke controversy among some Christians, even if not with this group. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. We heard these nine verses 41 weeks ago on the Saturday of the fourth week after Epiphany. Many of you here, to, here today heard my meditation on February 4th about how God created us male and female, the complementarity of the sexes, unity in marriage, and equality before God. So I won't repeat that this morning. Instead, I'd like to discuss the rest of today's reading. The prayer book normally stops with verse 6, and we never hear the last 12 verses. So I asked Carl to read to the end of Paul's second letter to the Colossians so we can complete the letter that we started Monday. The editors of the New King James, and not St. Paul, provide subheadings for these verses. The next five verses are labeled Christian Graces by the editors. But N.T. Wright refers to these verses as the fellowship of prayer. These verses begin, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the ministry of, mystery of Christ. As we heard Monday, Paul opened the letter to the Colossians by saying that he and Timothy were praying always for you. Bishop Wright warns us that this closing passage is not just a routine request for prayer. Instead, by asking them to pray for him, Paul is trying to train them in the patterns of faith, which include regular prayer. In Paul's view, every Christian should be praying, and every Christian himself included needs the prayers of others. Wright argues that prayer is also a source of unity for the Christian church. He says that by praying for each other, a bond grows up which creates a relationship of love and trust ahead of any personal contact. This bond is created not just between Paul and his readers, but with and between Christian parishes today. As he does in many of his letters, including the prison letters, in the 12 verses of final greetings and exhortation, Paul mentions the names of many others beyond Colossae who he has been working with. 
By doing so, he's continuing on the theme of creating unity of the church in Christ, something he has labored for throughout his entire Christian ministry. First, he sought to prevent a theological split between the Jewish and Gentile believers, and then through the rest of his life, he has sought both to bring the gospel to the Gentiles and also to bring the Gentile converts closer together. In this case, he mentions two names of leaders of the Church of the Colossians, Nympha and Archippus. However, most of the names are those who visited him here in prison. Some of them are mentioned elsewhere in the New Testament, and some are clearly former Jews. But many, there are many who are we know nothing about other than their mention in these 12 verses. By mentioning these names, Paul is introducing them to the Colossians and presumably vice versa. He is closing with an implicit, if not explicit, theme of unity, one that N.T. Wright summarizes as the thousand ways in which Christians belong to one another in a fellowship of mutual love, prayer, instruction, and service. So when we offer our prayers for others in a few minutes, or later today, or in corporate worship on Sunday, remember this additional purpose of prayer. In prayer, we often begin by asking for what we want. Later on, as more mature Christians, prayer becomes the starting point for a conversation with God to help us both hear him as well as talk to him. However, the third point from Paul's letter is that prayer is one of the most important things to unite the church. It's not just praying alongside people you know this morning or on Sunday morning. It is also praying to God for grace, for the spread of the faith, for peace and justice, alongside more than two billion other Christians in various nations and languages around the world. And most importantly, as Jesus taught us, we are all praying to God that thy will be done. We trust in God, in his goodness, and in his promises. So as our ultimate desire, as with every Christian, is that his plan for us in the world will be realized, and that we will someday see that good gift that he has intended for us. We now return to page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. 
We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. O most loving Father, who willest us to give thanks for all things, to dread nothing but the loss of thee, and to cast all our care on thee who carest for us, Preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal, and which thou hast manifested unto us in thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, as always, on Saturday for Carl and Britt for making this morning's worship possible. Thank you, Joel. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.